You get to see the kids once a month. They get to see us. So I have a story for you. Who do you think was the best storyteller ever? It has to be Jesus, right? If we're in church, the answer is Jesus. Jesus was a really, really good storyteller, but he was a smart storyteller, and all of, all of his stories had a lesson. He was teaching something when he told the story. And today you're going to learn about a pretty interesting story about a man who had two sons. One was a good son, and one was not so good. And the good son helped his dad. He helped him on the farm. He helped him do the work. And the other son, who was not so good, he came to his dad and he said, Dad, can you give me a bunch of money? What do you think his dad said? No, No, his dad said yes. He gave him a whole bunch of money. And then instead of helping like the other brother, he took the money and he went away, far away, to a whole different country And he spent all of the money. Meanwhile, the good son stayed with dad and he helped dad in the fields. He helped dad do all the work around the house. He was a really good son. But the one son who went away, he spent all of his money, every penny. And then he started to get hungry. But he he didn't have any money left to go to McDonald's and and get a burger or a milkshake or anything. And he started to get really hungry and he thought, what am I going to do? Maybe, maybe I should go back home. So he set off to go back home. Meanwhile, dad's at home with the good son. They're doing all the work. And when the bad son came and 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 he was walking up toward the farm and the dad saw him, what do you think the dad did? Do you think he was happy to see him? Or do you think he was like, really? You took all the money? No. He was so happy. When he saw him, he said, my son has come home. And he ran down and he put a new coat on him. He put brand new shoes on him. And he told the servants, we're going to have the biggest, best party ever. And the other brother, the good brother, was out in the field and and he saw what was going on and he thought, well, what's going on there? And, And one of the servants came and said, your brother's home. We're having a party. What do you think he thought? Not fair. Why are we having a party for this brother who took all the money and he went away and he spent all the money and I've been here all along helping you, dad. You never have a party for me. Why are you having a party for him? Do you think it was fair? No. 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 Now your teachers are going to go and explain to you why that happened. (laughs) Thank you. I've got a bunch of things here I need to get in place. Can I get somebody's help? Um, I need two chairs. Two chairs. Thank you, sir. Ah, lots of stuff this morning. We are in a series. Huh, let me just explain. Um, 
I still have a concussion. Not sure what you're going to get this morning. So you can pray for that. It's been a week and a half now, and I'm still struggling to find words. (laughs) Thank you, God. (laughs) But we'll see how this all works out. We're in a series. I can't remember the name of it. (laughs) Life Hacks, thank you. We're in a series called Life Hacks. This could be fun. Ah, okay. We're in a series called Life Hacks, and it's based on a book by Max Lakedal called How Happiness Happens. And a life hack is just something, a shortcut, something you can do to make life better. And today I got a real simple one, but it's a really good one. Don't sweat the small stuff. Or in biblical terms, bear with one another. So I want to introduce you to some of my friends. Anybody have a pet? Anyone have pets? You enjoy your pets? Love your pets? I have some pets. You put this up. This is what happens when I have two weeks to prepare. <laughs> Let me introduce you to some of my pets. Where's the top? I had to put them in there because if the kids, my grandkids saw them, I stole these from them. Now, they may look innocent enough, but these, ooh, shark. These are not ordinary pets. These are actually peeves. Anybody have pet peeves? These are peeves. This one squeezes the toothpaste in the middle. This big one takes their gigantic truck and can't park in one single parking spot. Has to take up two. Seriously? This one here gets the food on the fork. And instead of putting the food in the mouth, they talk with the food on the fork and wave it around and say, eat the food. Fortunately, it doesn't bother me. Oh, my favorite 16 items in the 15 items. Are you serious? Let's see what else we got going on in here. Oh, always interrupts. I've got lots. That's a cute one. Never signals when they're changing lane. Yeah. I am justified, aren't I? Ah, what could this one be? Say that again. Coupons. Don't get me going. Gets to the time to pay suddenly realizes, oh, I need money. You're in line. Everything is cashed out. Now they're digging through their pocket. It's like, you didn't know you had to pay at the beginning? Like, I'm glad it doesn't bother me. (laughs) I've got more. I'm just going to keep them in the bag there. (laughs) The thing with the pet peeves, they're all healthy because I feed them. I keep them healthy. I help them to stay strong. Most people have pet peeves to varying degrees, right? Not everybody, but most people. Raise your hand if you have a pet peeve or two. Yeah, you liars. It makes me mad. And, and, you know, a pet peeve, it's one of those things 
They're not really big things in life. But they're the annoying things in life. You know, if only people would. If only you would put your dirty clothes in the dirty clothes hamper instead of leaving them on the floor. If only you wouldn't park outside my house. There's a whole street you can park in. Why do you have to park outside my house? If only people would, you fill in the blank. Wouldn't the world be a better place if only people would be more considerate of you and me? Clean up their scruffy lawn. Wear deodorant. Stop their dog from barking. God has a sense of humor. I went to bed early last night and the neighbor's dog would not shut up. Close their mouth when they chew. Yeah, I got some fans here. Concentrate on the road. I mean, seriously, you can't drive at the speed limit for more than a minute? And then they slow down and then they speed up. You know, you're on the highway, you've got your... Just a pet peeve. (laughs) Takes them more than a second to respond to the green light. It's been green for a second now. Move! It's irritating, it's annoying, it's aggravating. If only people would stop behaving like people. The world would be a great place if it wasn't for the people. Eh? When, when people don't behave in the way that we expect them to behave or want them to behave, we call that a pet peeve. It's an annoyance. Not huge things. It's not an international crisis or anything like that. It's just annoying things, buggy things. Most people have things that annoy them about other people, pet peeves. And we all know what they are. I have a whole selection of them. But have you ever considered what they cost? Now, I didn't put together a notes page today because I can only look at the screen for so long. But we put a blank one in your bulletin, I believe, and somewhere somebody donated all of these nice little clipboards with pens anonymously. So if you want to take notes, here's your opportunity. So the first one, what is the cost? We all have pet peeves, but what is the cost of your pet peeves? When we allow other people, other people's shortcomings to aggravate us, we pay the price, not them. Now, just think about this. He pushes my buttons. Whose buttons are getting pushed? That gets on my nerves. Whose nerves? He rubs me the wrong way. Who gets rubbed the wrong way? Me. She gets under my skin. Whose skin? My skin. We pay the price when other people irritate us. They don't. We pay the price. The question that we want to consider this morning, is it worth it? So let me show you what I mean. I've got all kinds of props this morning. It's like every morning when you get up, you have a you have a quotient of happiness, of joy. Pet peeve. You have a quotient of happiness, joy. These are joy balls. This is the only church in the Metroplex this morning that's talking about joy balls. And you have a certain amount of joy that you get given for the day. I'm not even going to ask. 
And when we allow things to irritate us, they steal our joy. Really? We're supposed to leave at 7 o'clock. Not one minute after 7. Well, if you would pick up after yourself, we would be leaving at 7. Really? You can't park the car in the garage. It's parked in the driveway. Now there's frost on it. If you could just park in the right place, I'd be in the garage. You have to make that noise when you eat. You make too much noise when you stir your coffee. Really? Do you have to critique every single TV show? My wife pauses the TV when I walk in the room. It's true. And, and there's so many things, aren't there, that just steal our joy. And we allow it to steal our joy. And in the end, you know, how can you be happy when your happiness container has a leak? And all the joy keeps coming out of it. It's a problem. It's our problem. <laughs> but there's a greater cost. Your irritation at the world steals joy and happiness from the people around you. And that's especially important right now. Now, let me show you why. You, you, you might be thinking, with everything that's going on, Pastor Mike, with all of these big things that are going on, we've got the war in Ukraine. Where's that going to go? Are we going to be in a world war in a week or two? We've got all this COVID stuff that was going on. We've got racial division. We've got political division. We've got inflation that's out of control. What's the latest one? The supply chain. We've got all of these big things going on. Why are you preaching about the toothpaste being squeezed in the middle? Here's why. You see, those big things, they put pressure on us. But there's really not much that we can do about them, is there? I mean, I can't control the war in Ukraine. I can't control COVID. I can't control inflation or, or, or any of these other things. But when life begins to put pressure on us, it plays out in all the little things in life. Those big things don't really put the pressure on us so much as the little things suddenly become important. You've got the stress of all of this stuff. We were talking about uncertainty and, and everything else that's going on. And people's nerves get stretched. You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden, little things that didn't knew, used to bother you begin to bother you. I've told you half a dozen times. Why do you squeeze that in the middle? Now I've got to do this. But I went, oh, why don't you put your clothes in the hamper? Why can't you park straight in the garage? Well, there's not too room for two cars in the garage, any, because all your stuff is in the garage. <laughs> it's like sandpaper. Sandpaper is just a collection of little things, and little bits of glass or little bits of sand that in and of itself, we've got a stick here, See if this works. <laughs> if I had a plain piece of paper, okay, life is putting pressure on you. This is life. This is the pressure. If I have a plain piece of paper and I put it on there, no matter how much pressure I put on it, nothing's happening, right? And even if it rubs me the wrong way, nothing's happening. But when you get all these little things, 
And life is putting pressure on you. You see, ordinarily, if I'm holding this and it got all these little things, the toothpaste, the way the car is parked, the way you brush your teeth, the way you stir your coffee, the shows you watch. When you put pressure on, still nothing happens. Because it's not the little things that's the problem. It's how you respond to the little things that are the problem. And it starts to grate on you and it starts to grind on you. And without noticing it, it starts to wear the relationship down. And it can be so subtle. I mean, the big things you can see, it's those little things. And so often it's stupid stuff that was a quirk when you first got in a relationship with someone. It was kind of cute. But now you could kill them over it as time goes by. And it's not so bad once in a while. But when the pressure is on like it is now, it can wear a relationship down. And it is contagious. That's where you get, you know. We said we were going to leave at 7. We're always late. We leave at 5 after 7. Well, we would be on time if you didn't leave your stuff next to the dirty laundry instead of in the dirty laundry. Well, I'd put it in the dirty laundry if you did the laundry more often. And off it goes. It becomes contagious. Pet peeves. There's a cost to a pet peeve. But what's the cure? What's the cure to pet peeves? Because we all, they affect everybody. Little things affect everybody. The Bible is very, very practical on this stuff. It actually has a lot to say about bearing with one another. But I picked one verse here, and this is another one of those nuggets of gold for me. Ephesians 4.2. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. There are certain passages of Scripture sometimes that they're just... If you applied that, if you didn't have anything else and you applied that to your life, how much better would your life be? How much better would the lives of those around you be if you took this one nugget and said, I'm going to do this. And, and, you know, James talks about this. It's no good to read the Scripture and not do it. That's like someone who looks in the mirror and forgets what they look like. You've got to apply it. So there, there are three kind of parts to this scripture up there. Be completely humble and gentle. That's one. Be patient. That's two. Bear with one another. That's three. And the whole thing gets wrapped up in this envelope, this atmosphere of love. That's the basis for it all. And it's kind of homogenous. Gosh, I got that word out. It's kind of homogenous. So I want to dive into this. That word, patient, is kind of an interesting word. So, you know, it was originally written in Greek. And the word that gets translated patient here is actually a compound word. And so there's two parts to it. And it means that you can look at it from different, different directions. Slow and fire. Slow burn. Slow fire. Or long and tempered. You know anyone who's short-tempered? This is long-tempered. It's the opposite of that. A person who is patient is long-tempered. This, this word can actually be applied to a pot of water 
that takes a long time to boil. Some people just boom, right? You, you know that person at work, you, everybody walks on eggshells because you just got to say that one wrong thing. Boom, off they go. They are short-tempered. This is the exact opposite of that. It's slow to boil, slow to get heated up. They don't fire up easily. Someone who is patient is slow to get hot. So the meaning is, don't be quick to get upset. Don't be easily angered. Now, patience is not naive. That means that we don't deal with, it's not that we don't deal with issues. It sees a problem. It sees an issue. It sees somebody's maybe idiosyncrasies. But it doesn't deal with them disproportionately. It deals with them to the, the level which is appropriate. Don't fly off the handle. It doesn't overreact. It bears with them, which is the next part there. It's not going to let them get them get them down. That's what it means to bear with one another. We make allowances for one another's faults. We're tolerant with one another. We put up with one another. Did you know putting up with someone is actually a spiritual gift? It really is to put up with people. That's what it means to bear with people. It's to put up with their differences, the way that they do things that you don't do things, the silly little things that they do that you don't do. You know, you can can love people and not like people, right? Some people are closer to us, some not so much. And it doesn't mean that you jump for joy when you see this person because they rub you the wrong way, but you don't overreact. You bear with them. You put up with them. We all have different personalities, different quirks, don't we? Part, part of living the Christian life is that we don't overreact when people rub us the wrong way. We make allowance for it. Here's the deal. For every 10 people that you have to put up with, 10 people have to put up with you. You ever thought about that? For everything that you put up with in other people, someone is putting up with you. The problem is, is that we very easily see other people's faults and we quickly make excuses for ours. That's not a big deal. So I squeeze the toothpaste in the middle. Get over it. It's interesting how we ignore our peeves or we don't let them get us down. They're either unnoticed or we excuse them as minor. Which leads to the first part in this little nugget. Be completely humble and gentle. To be humble means to have a realistic view of yourself. To not see yourself as more than you are. You know the problem for so many people? Their moms told them they were wonderful and they believed her. You're not wonderful. (laughs) None of us are wonderful. We're all broken people, aren't we? 
We all have stuff. And to be humble is not to put yourself down, but it's to view yourself in a realistic perspective. For every pet peeve I have to put up with, someone's putting up with my pet peeve. Someone has to bear with me as much as I bear with them. Be completely humble and gentle. Absolutely humble and gentle. Jesus talked about this. He said, how come you notice the speck of dust in someone else's eye, but you don't know, notice the plank in your own eye? Now, Jesus is being a little humorous and sarcastic here in this illustration. How come, how come you don't notice what's in your eye, but you seem to notice what's in everybody else's eye? you hypocrite. First take the plank out of your eye and then you'll see clear enough to take the speck out of somebody else's eye. You know, and if I go to bed, my wife has to dodge because if I roll over, she's in trouble. And if I see a speck in your eye, let me help you with that speck there, bud. What's the problem? Now, it's important to understand. Jesus isn't saying that we don't deal with the things that need to be dealt with. That's not what he's saying at all. He's saying that there there, there is a process. He didn't say don't deal with it. He said, first, take the speck, sorry, take the stick out of your eye. Then you will see clearly to help your friend with the speck in their eye. And the problem with people like this is they don't see their speck. They notice that people are looking at them. Sorry, their speck, their stick. They notice that people are looking at them, but in their head they just think, I'm probably just really good looking. <laughs> they're all looking at me because they're good looking. And I see this guy across the road, and he, you know, he's got something in his eye, and he, he's like, oh, there's something. Ow, ow. Hey, let me help you there, bud. And he's looking at fear. I mean, here's the thing. You ever get something in your eye? It's horrible, isn't it? You want to get it out. And sometimes you kind of work on it and you can't get it out. And you need somebody's help, right? But you don't want someone coming at you with a stick and a hammer. Let me help you with that. I'll get that out. You want somebody who's coming, who, who sees themselves in a right light. They're humble. They're gentle. I want someone who's going to be gentle to come to me and help me take the speck out of my eye because I've been trying and I can't get it out and it's really bothering me and it's bothering everybody around me and I know I need to deal with it and I need some help to deal with it. But I need someone who is humble, completely humble and gentle to help me with it. Jesus says, first, get that stick out of your eye. Then, you can help someone else with theirs. And it's sequence that Jesus is talking about. All right, let me catch up to where I am. How are we doing for time? Ten minutes. Okay, sorry. (laughs) Collect my thoughts here. Sometimes it is right to speak truth into someone's life. 
You've got a friend. Maybe that person that sits next to you on the sofa watches the movie with you and there's something going on and it needs to be dealt with. Well, step one, before you deal with it, take an honest inventory of your life. Get the stick out of your eye. Make sure that you are being completely humble and completely gentle. (laughs) And then examine your motive. Why do you want to help them with their problem? Is it so that you can feel superior or you just want to get at them because last week they helped you with your problem? Well, now you can get one back on them. (laughs) Or is it born in true love? We need to help one another here. And make sure, here's a note for you. Make sure you address the problem and not the person. Make sure you address the problem, not the person. And don't get historical on them. And don't use absolutes. You always. You never. Every time. All men. All women. Stay away from that vernacular. Deal with the problem, the issue, not the person. You love the person, but you want to help them with the problem. And that might open up the door for conversation. You know, honey, it really would help me if you would just put your clothes in the hamper. That's not unreasonable, is it? It really would help me if you would do that. And maybe that opens up the door to conversation. I want to see the note. Young lady, I want to see the note. Bring the note up here. (laughs) I don't want to see the note. (laughs) Might be about me. (laughs) Address the problem clearly and fairly, and then maybe you can have a conversation and maybe hopefully change some behavior. Here's another one that you can make a note of. Look for the good. Look for the good in that person. It's so easy to focus on the negative. So in our house, let me use some real ones here. Sandra's got so many. So the laundry hamper is on that side of the bed. I sleep on this side. So when I get ready for bed, I drop all my clothes over here. It's not my intention to leave them there. I am going to get them to the laundry basket at some point. So I say. But typically, I get up in the morning and I'm already thinking about stuff. I'm, I'm, Sandra is one of those people. Everybody in my family, except for Charlotte, takes them like half an hour to get up. There's a lot of groaning and whining in the process. For me, I wake up, unplug and play. I'm ready to go. So as soon as I wake up, I jump out of bed and I'm thinking what I'm going to do. I grab my tablet or something. I go to the kitchen to do my study or whatever. Or I go into the office and I start doing something. And I don't think about the pile of clothes that was genuinely going to make it to the hamper at some point. So that night I get home, and there are yesterday's clothes. Well, then I take off these clothes, and I add them to yesterday's clothes. I'll just put them all over there at one point. But I don't do it that often. Now, Sandra has a perfect solution for it. She did this years ago. She said, I wash what's in the hamper. 
At some point, I'm looking for underwear. <laughs> and she says, it's beside your bed. It's not unreasonable. Now, why does she bear with me? She never has to phone a repairman. No matter what goes wrong in our house, I fix it. She never has to call a repairman. She values that in me. Is that worth the laundry being left over there and not getting bent out of shape? Absolutely. She's the one with the fork of food. Used to bother me. Stupid things that bother you. She, you sit there, she takes a fork full of poo, food, and then she starts talking. And Sandra's expressive, so it's going all over the place. And I'm watching the food on the fork, and it's like, just put the food in your mouth and then talk. Or put the fork down, talk, and then pick up the food. Why are you waving the food around? <laughs> but years ago, I decided... Why is that an issue for me? In fact, I had completely forgotten about it until this message, and I was thinking about things. So I took note. She still waves the food around, but I don't notice the food anymore. Because what she brings into the relationship, all the good that she brings, is way better than this bit of food, and she puts up with me. I'm not keeping score on this one. (laughs) So look for the positive in people because I'll guarantee you all of those nitpicky little things that wear you down, if you stop and you start thinking about what that person brings, the good stuff will way outscore the bad stuff. But we so easily go to those things that get under our skin, make us mad. Something else that we've started doing Sandra started, and I was able to help her this week. Every time I say something negative, I'm the worst at this in the car. You didn't signal. Seriously, you get to the stoplight, and when it turns green, you put your signal light on. You didn't know you were going to turn left until that went green. I could have been in the other lane. Sorry, don't bother me. (laughs) People merging too quickly, not signaling, you know. So many times she said, can we just go on one journey without you complaining about every other driver on the road? So she came up with this thing. Every time I say something negative, she makes me say something positive. It worked in reverse this week. It was great. (laughs) But simple little thing, it changes you. And if you're persistent with it, consistent with it, Every time you say something negative, you have to say something positive. You know what you start doing? You don't say anything negative. You start cutting it out because now I've got to think of something positive. And it can't be just something flaky. It's got to be real. Another thing, just coming up with these things here. This, this might not seem like anything. Take a walk with one another. I don't know what it is. You know, people go for, for lunch together. I was, I was watching people in a restaurant the other day. It was sad. Two people staring at their phones, not talking to one another. And older people are the worst. They don't stare at their phones. You, you go to a restaurant, they sit there in silence. They don't even look at each other. I I don't know where their thoughts are. And I find that that when you eat together, sometimes that's when you bring up issues. 
But we started walking. You're not staring at your phone. You're out in the open. There's just something about using energy. It does something positive. And the conversation most times is good. We get to enjoy one another. We're not thinking about all those stupid little things that annoy. It's not much, but if somebody grates on your nerves, start walking with them. Start listening to them. Start talking with them. Look for the good in them. And don't overreact. And one last one. If you feel things are beginning to grate on you, take it to prayer. Not, (laughs) no. Oh, Lord, would you change them? (laughs) Man, maybe. But the prayer you need, God, would you help me not to see the negative, not to respond the way that I respond to this issue. I need the change. I need the soft heart. I need to be completely humble. I need to be gentle. I need to bear with them. I need to not sweat the little things. Change my heart, God. Help me not to overreact or underreact. So let me close with this. Here's the reality. This week, something is going to happen to get on your nerves. I'll almost guarantee it. Something is going to happen this week that will get on your nerves. True? Can I get an amen? Yeah. People are going to do things that annoy you. People are going to say things that annoy you. And you have very little control over that, but you have complete control over how you respond to it. People are going to change lanes without signaling this week. People are going to cut you off in traffic this week. Someone is going to get your order wrong this week. They're not going to put their clothes in the clothes hamper this week. Sometimes there are people in a hurry and that guy with that great big gas guzzling truck is going to park it in such a manner that it takes up two spots and now I have to go down a different lane and walk a little bit further. That is going to happen. I don't know why I pointed at you guys. That was not at you guys. That was just a general. (laughs) I was just thinking the guys are big trucks. I have no problem with your parking, gentlemen. (laughs) Somebody this week is going to be in the express checkout lane with 16 items instead of 15 items. Do you ever count them? I do. (laughs) Seven, eight. 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. Someone needs to do something about this. Where are the store police when you need them? Someone's going to annoy you. And they're going to tempt you to give up some of your joy. Don't let them do it. Don't let other people's irritating things steal your joy. You don't have to. You have the power of the Holy Spirit in you to help you see things differently, to help you respond differently. But here's the thing. Just as irritations, how you respond to irritants is habit-forming, 
I think that happiness and joy is more of a habit than it is an emotion. And we can choose joy. And we can choose happiness. Or we can choose to give up our joy and we can choose to give up our happiness. What choice will you make this week? There's always going to be peeves. It's how you respond to them that become the issue. Don't let other people's shortcomings steal your joy and happiness. People are going to be people. We live in a broken world. I'm broken. You're broken. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this message. I thank you for just nuggets, nuggets of gold that you put in the scriptures like this. Be completely humble and gentle, bearing, be patient, bearing with one another in love. And Father, I know it's just so easy to respond negatively to the little things in life, especially when the pressure is on like it is now and relationships start to get worn down. Father, if there's one person in here this morning that just struggles with this, I pray that this message, that your Holy Spirit would begin our work in them, that they would look at themselves with humility, that they would look for the good in other people instead of seeking the bad, that they would give people the benefit of the doubt, that they would bear with one another, and they would just simply let it go. Father, fill us up with joy. Fill us up with happiness so that we can be joy bringers and happy givers. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hector's going to give the announcements. Good morning, Lakeway family. For those who are online, you could have been anywhere. Those who are seated in the sanctuary, you could have gone anywhere this morning. God had a purpose for you. We're glad to have you. Glad to have you online. As far as announcements, a couple of things. Uh, Guys, we have First Monday prayer each and every month, but I want to share something, something special. When a community comes together like the colony and the churches all come together as one to pray for the Ukraine, that's exactly what's going to happen next Saturday, uh, March the 19th at 6 p.m. at the Hope Community Church, and it's going to be sponsored by Christ Community Church. So love for you to be a part of that. I know that Pastor Mike's going to be there. Uh, He'll be one of the probably speakers that are going to be praying. But this is a time for the entire colony, all churches, come together and let's lift up uh, the Ukraine. Uh, Women's ministry, spring breakfast or (laughs) birthday celebration. That's coming up uh, on uh, March 27th uh, from 10 to 10.50. This is an opportunity for the ladies to celebrate those that experienced the birthday and uh, ask you to join. Uh, Women's ministry theme dinner. So, guys, I think the women are going to actually host a theme dinner for us. No, I'm joking. Yeah. No. You know what? This is pretty cool. In fact, I wish we would do something like this. But they actually have a theme dinner where ladies come together and they'll decorate each one of the different tables. Ladies, if you want to get involved and really be part of something special and get to know a lot of the ladies of Lakeway, I encourage you to join this. It's really special just to see how a lot of those tables are decorated and uh, how the ladies come together, and they usually have food and such. So, great opportunity. Um, I want to talk about the men's retreat, um, Rise Up. Guys, as uh, 
we're getting close to the men's retreat, which is uh, April 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. I encourage you to invest in your life. It's been life-changing for me for the last 20 years to go to the men's retreat and realize that uh, I'm not perfect. And there's always one or two things that I come home and I ask for accountability so I can change and be a better father, husband, uh, leader, worker, etc. And so I encourage you to be a part of something special. We're at the point where we're trying to prepare for food. We're trying to prepare for um, the sessions, and I'm excited about the topics, but we're also trying to plan for the T-shirts, etc. If you have not registered, and ladies, please encourage your husbands to be a part of something special that could be life-changing. I encourage you to go ahead and sign up today. Uh, there's a barcode up, for, up here that you can actually scan. We also have it up front. You can see Bob Chesney. Bob, where are you at? Raise your hand. Please see Bob Chesney. You can talk to Randy Thompson. You can talk to Kevin Hicks. Um, David, just see any one of us, and we'd love to encourage you to be a part of it. One of the things I want to tell you, if it's about finances, do not let finances get in the way of being part of this men's retreat. God has prevailed. He provides, and we have scholarships. So come see me. Love to talk to you about joining the men's uh, retreat this year, which is only two and a half weeks. We have about 21 folks. 21 folks, I've ordered 35 steaks. So you do the math. Uh, so ladies, going back to your pet peeves, send them to the men's retreat, please. You know, I'm going to tell you something. I have not asked my mom if I was a good boy because I know the answer. You know, it's probably given her more gray hair than you can imagine. But I noticed a couple of ladies, and I'm not going to say who, but they're already talking about the different pet peeves, and I'm starting to wonder, gosh, why is he preaching this? But all of a sudden, Mike is very transparent, and I'm nudging her. See? See? Could be worse. See? No. All right, last thing I want to share, and this goes to everybody. You know, about 10 years ago, we made a commitment to get rid of a lawn service that was costing this church so much money. We invested in two great $13,000 lawnmowers. And for me to share about a lawnmower, that's exciting. These are zero-turn lawnmowers that just, uh, they're just great. And uh, guys, this is the, the gist of it. If you're looking to serve, and you might say, hey, I'm not qualified. I don't have the potential. I don't, but I do want to give back. All I'm asking for is a couple hours of your time once a month. So what we've created is four teams of four. And when we have four teams of four that sign up to help mow this lawn, it takes two hours, two and a half hours tops. It's a Saturday. It could be any time. There's sometimes you'll see me here on a Wednesday night mowing the front 40. And uh, the team gets it done the rest of Saturday, and they come together. But what I'm saying is when four folks, and I'm not saying men, I'm not excluding you, because, ladies, you could drive those tractors just as easy as we can. All it takes is two hours and lo and behold, we keep this property beautiful for the community, and we give back. And this is something that you can do as easily as just giving up two and a half hours of your time once a month. Sign-up sheet is going to be in the foyer. You can see David. David, raise your hand if you want to serve, and you don't want to deal with children, uh, you don't want to do this, or et cetera. This is an opportunity to help. All right, any questions? Why is what? Sky blue? Jesus. Let me go ahead and close this out, guys. Hope you all have a wonderful week. Dear Heavenly Gracious Father, Lord, I thank you for this family that I call home. I thank you for all the wonderful folks here and those that couldn't make it. Lord, protect us as a body. 
And uh, allow us to be strong and courageous. Allow us to honor and glorify you, not what, just what we say, but also what we do. And, Lord, just protect us and guide us. It's in Jesus' name we pray and we all say, Amen. you're dismissed. Y'all have a blessed week.